When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Dave Forsyth from uh, Edge of Tomorrow Minute. I'm Father David Mowry, chaplain of the Movies by Minutes community. Yeah, thank you both for coming back, uh, Father David, as as our guest. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I, I got to tell you, the, the beds in, in the, this kid's house are really comfortable. You know, It's a little noisy outside by the pool, but I'm sure that'll all calm down in a minute. It's nothing like a good Topeka welcome. <laughs> tell you what, hospitality is what Topekans are known for. Yeah, and uh, Dave, too, uh, thanks for coming back. And you're kind of unofficial co-host. I, I only... Say. I only do anything unofficially, Eric, so that <laughs> yeah. fits my a schedule. Professional amateur. That's right. I still have four years of NCAA eligibility in <laughs> podcasting, so. <laughs> okay, well, this week uh, we got Minute 59, and it starts with William and Russell working on his last words and ends with Russell wanting to stay with his new family. So they aren't really his last words? Um, I'm going to go ahead and nominate Patrick Fugit here, Fugit, Fugit, whatever, um, for the worst fake shouter in cinema history. (laughs) (laughs) I think his, uh, we should work on those last words. It's very SNL sketchy type Mm, shouting. It's, yeah. (laughs) Someone probably could have told him it's, he, he could actually shout and it would have been, would have been fine. Well, it's so funny because Russell doesn't hmm. shout, but we get the sense that he is projecting from the top of that roof. So we we need to, to come to either side of that extreme. Either William is just talking normally hmm. and from context, we as movie viewers know he is actually shouting up to Russell, or he goes full bore. But that would be, I would be a lot of emotion from William, which yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't seen too much of in this first hour of the movie will is not at his breaking point yet so the shout too much shouting would be too much frustration or desperation or desire for control and william is is still along for the ride at this point i suppose that's true maybe i wasn't giving him enough credit he was showing us something with his bad shouting fake shouting <laughs> oh i mean i i agree it's 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 very much movie shouting yeah we just maybe needed to to dial it back a little bit rather than going the the full bore uh full bore wah, yelling <laughs> up into the heavens well and, that, and that's what's so much 
you know the, the whole rest of the group of kids uh young adults uh, are doing here i mean they're 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 doing all this shouting and hoop hollering and what have you and uh you know that that he doesn't kind of get caught up in it you know that he he keeps himself restrained is is pretty interesting i think yeah it's 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 again it's a very much that mother hen you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mom isn't gonna <laughs> yeah his unless his... I yell loud yell yell too loudly yeah his wince when uh, Russell repeats I'm on drugs and the whole crowd erupts Williams wince is perfect it there's there's no burying the head into the hands it's just a pure facial reaction I find that to be a really great comedic beat because like oh oh man we're it's just going to keep going like this I don't know how this is going to end how much longer are we going to be here how do I get out of this situation and also I think there's a little bit of oh that's so lame how can this guy who I think is so cool be so lame and it's and it's the quickest cut too that's containing mm-hmm. only that win that wins. I mean, it only takes a fraction, half a second, you know. And it's, it's, it's all you going need. from the, the the crowd, the group of kids, you know, some of the kids, and then to another batch. It's a lot of there's a lot of comedic cuts in in that yeah. section there too. We we get our our favorite uh, crowd goer here, probably making his. Um, I mean, he he they they cut to him several times, but the the kid with the yeah. long hair and sort of polo shirt who who gives the yeah all right I guess that's acceptable I don't yeah, really that, like that's it for the I dig music yeah, uh, yeah. suggestion right. of, of right. last words of Russell's yeah now, but to be fair to Russell Russell is trying hard to be profound which yeah. is the worst way to be profound. <laughs> You know, it, it's you know what like the comedians who suffer like oh well they'll say something funny like ah well I, uh, uh, it's it's very hard to just perform uh, on on the turn of a dime like that and it, especially when you're perhaps not in full possession of your faculties you've got just <laughs> yeah, one true. or two chemical additives to your system you know, <laughs> interfering with the the usual lyrical poetry that uh, befits a rock musician. You know, it might not be coming up with the the pithiest aphorisms. He does. I mean, there there's a a tad bit of sincere sincerity in his face when he says that. I mean, it's clear that you like like you said, he's trying hard to be profound, which you know doesn't work. But when when he says "I dig music," there's a sort of a like a a look on his face that is sort of beaming says i'm beaming this wisdom out to you soak it in <laughs> but but clearly he reads the room fairly quickly <laughs> um he changes to please his, his audience there I think. he's a performer yeah that's the, exactly right father david would you say that's something similar to you know standing up <laughs> at a, in a pulpit <laughs> and trying to port, you know give pass along some great wisdom well there there are certainly uh, moments when I'm put on the spot, like, "Well, Father, why don't you say a few words?" Uh, well, uh, of course, uh, Jesus, love, uh, you know, be good to one another is certainly the way it feels when it's coming out. Um, which is why I always try to be sober and never drink an entire Red Solo cup of beer mixed with LSD before I'm preaching. As I just who knows what would happen. Uh, that, Jesus that's also, loves music. That's yeah, all you would <laughs> There'd be you know, okay. a modicum of applause from and mostly confusion from the congregants. <laughs> well, that that's why when I'm preparing a homily, I take all week uh, to yeah. put the preparation into that to first make sure that. 
um, you know, when I'm when I'm preaching, I'm not just giving any old thought, but my best thought, because that's what the people of God deserve to hear. But also to make sure that I'm not saying anything that's just about me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the thing about Russell here in this scene. It's it's all about his last words. He's he's wants to have this grandiose legacy, this this legend that builds up around him. And of course, the preacher in the pulpit is precisely trying to disappear into the message of the gospel, is trying to make Jesus present and not himself present, insofar as the preacher has charisma or presence or a great rhetorical ability or any kind of what we might term a performance. All of that is in service to something else. Um, you know, if maybe if you press, press Russell and the other members of Stillwater in their more profound and perhaps sober moments, they might have some sense of this all being at the service of music or the fans. But in a moment of weakness, like we have Russell here, it's kind of all about him. Yeah. In both instances, he's saying, I dig mm-hmm. music and I'm on drugs. <laughs> and like you said, his last words. Yeah, yeah. His his position over over the whole crowd too is is very mm-hmm. you know he it's it's very performative you know him, him being the performer but it's um he's sort of holding court over this pool party at this uh, particular moment I don't know it's <laughs> yeah but for all that he remains highly suggestible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even after the second declaration that he's on drugs, William is just very—at first, William is able to cut through the noise of the crowd. Everyone shushes yeah. when William talks so that William can be heard over the rabble. And at the suggestion that you just come on down and go back to the hotel, okay. It was just a very, very simple acquiescence to William's suggestion. He turns and starts to head down. It's so funny given how— uh, cl- how guarded and how close to the vest Russell has been playing his cards with the enemy and, and how he's formed this tentative friendship and now he's as trusting as a lamb. And, and you mentioned highly suggestible. So he's turned around, started walking along. I mean, just, just two steps. He couldn't have been more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but the kids start saying, jump, jump. <laughs> and he pretty quickly just goes ahead and that goes full bore with that nice, uh, nice running jump. You know, it, it's that's probably one of the things that uh, William might have been a bit concerned with is if he's actually just standing there from a standstill. <laughs> if that's what he had done and jumped jumped that way, I mean that might have oh, not William made was, it all the way to the pool. <laughs> William was concerned you know? about his diving technique. Yeah. He wasn't really <laughs> concerned about his safety. Mm-hmm. He just wanted him to to really be athletic <laughs> about it. Oh, yeah, William has a has a good career as an Olympic diving coach ahead of him, I see. <laughs> next, next, try the triple Indy. <laughs> you know, I always sort of read the, the whole situation as um, Russell was never going to come down. Uh, and when William says that, he's just psyching him out and he's really going to jump the whole time. But I, I, I do mm-hmm. sort of like that suggestible reading, read of it too, because it, his his face does look like he means it when he when he says okay and he turns around to come down but then the calls for him to jump come in and yeah he has that momentary pause right before he jumps where he turns and looks down at the crowd who is encouraging him to to risk his neck 
And it, that that says to me that he remains highly suggestible. Uh, Russell is in this state is just going to act on the last thing he has heard. <laughs> he is not processing. He's not thinking. It's just input in, act on it. Well, you know what, listeners? I know that free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPOD, AFMPOD, at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening. It's all happening. Um, so here's here's where we actually have a deleted scene. So yeah. so he gets into oh. the water, you know, we, we see him jumping in, getting into the water. And... That pool is gross. That pool yeah, is totally. disgusting. Oh, yeah. I just, I want to go on the record. It is <laughs> horrid, the condition that pool is in. He was having a party. Didn't someone think to clean the pool before the party came over? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but um, uh, it actually, this is. It, it just it stays on the shot a, a bit longer, and then we even have some additional shots of uh, the partygoers. One of them saying, "Somebody help him!" And Williams, oh. or I'm sorry, uh, uh, and it's a, then a woman that that then says, "I'll save you, Russell." <laughs> and uh, I think I think just one one additional, you know, Russell, you know, um, thrown at, thrown in there. I mean, it's, it's a it's a few seconds. Um, it's not that short, but it, it's 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 an indi- I think a big indication that uh, you know there, it was trying to amp up the suspense and and the thinking that oh he, you know maybe he could actually die from this or you know or, or I mean upon upon just hitting the water you know as soon as you see that then I think any reasonable reaction is is that he should probably be okay but I guess the other possibility is is that people might be thinking he's not coming up or something was the idea well i'm i'm looking at the script so thoughtfully provided by a well-prepared uh (laughs) podcast host and the the stage directions here say he uh, russell jumps from the roof into the cold algae water below he sinks immediately yeah, so the idea that he's sinking immediately, I, I, I think they may, maybe it's that they didn't feel like they got that across well enough for, you know, for for the for the kids to be yeah, you would have needed that. Uh, you needed something like the shot that was in yeah. every trailer for Rocket yeah. Man, uh, which seems seems to be a shot in every rock star biopic of the rock star in a highly symbolic matter, sinking below the water of whatever pool is in their backyard. You would need something like that for Russell where he's just hit the water and is out and is sinking or something like that. Just the shot from the top down, we just Uh get the sense he goes into the water, especially how quickly the the other kids are seen to be jumping in there after him. Yeah, it's much more celebratory in the the theatrical cut. Like no one seems to be 
concerned with his well-being at all. They're all very much following his lead as the party animal, right? That yeah. he he's amping this party up to another level by jumping in this gross ass pool. So Yeah, it's the movie rule of pool. If one person jumps in a pool in a movie, then everyone standing around the pool starts to jump in. It just and it's always involves people fully clothed. Yeah. Well, and as if that is the purest no. sign of wild abandon is to jump in a pool with all my clothes on. Woohoo! And, and no one has cell phones to worry about. Oh, well, no, true. Time. No yeah. well, which means there's no video of Russell making a fool of himself. Yeah. <laughs> now, I guess that yeah, that is interesting. Does the advent of the cell phone video make it? harder or easier to be a rock star in this kind of setting because for russell's case these kids are going to tell this story of the night that the russell from stillwater partied with us you know for the rest of their lives and it's going to be this legend and this story but there's not going to be any proof of it no maybe one of those kids had a polaroid camera uh but there's no video or anything else like that whereas today there there have to be just hundreds of thousands of hours of Beyonce and Jay-Z and uh, all the other mega stars at various parties recording every single moment where they're in a place. It means they're, they're, they're always on, they're always performing. There's, there's no uh, ability for them like Russell to go looking for what's real you know, and to, to flip light switches on and off in a, in a moment of deep, profound philosophical contemplation. Yeah, you certainly would have to be more interested in projecting your perfected image in something like that. Like the the search for sincerity is not going to help um, if you're, you know, at a party with a bunch of Instagram influencers or, uh, right. you know, um, amateur pap- paparazzi, paparazzo, paparazzi, <laughs> pap- you know, you know who I'm talking about. Camera people. Those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, this pool, um, I want to, I, I did a little research on, uh, so there were in Topeka, Kansas over the last two years, there were something about 3,500 single family homes sold in Topeka mm-hmm. and about 152 of those had pools. <laughs> uh, so this is incredibly rare. This is like 0.05% of the homes in Topeka have a pool. So assuming that, you know, there wasn't a huge pool bump in the 70s um, or maybe a, a, a pool tear out yeah, right. in the 80s. The yeah, right? yeah, which, you know, maybe um, I, I think it's strange that Russell managed to find the perfectly placed, you know, cabana house outside of the grossest looking pool in Topeka. It's, <laughs> it's very fortunate, really. As someone who lives in the Midwest, I can tell you it is very rare to have pools here because you just never know if the weather is ever going to be good enough to use it. Yeah, Uh, We get a lot of rain, and even in the summer months, we can get cold snaps. You know, uh, Right now, we're recording near the middle of June, and the the high in Chicago is about mid-60s, which is a little chilly to go swimming uh in your uh, in your backdoor pool maybe it's a little warmer in kansas but not by much so even during the summer there's no guarantee you're going to get to use it the pool's a much better fixture in places like arizona or california where the weather is consistent either consistently hot or consistently nice but as for russell's luck well 
I think it makes perfect sense that the one house in the greater Topeka area that has a pool would be the go-to party site for oh. all of the cool youths totally. of Topeka. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's how this many people ended up here on a random night when, you know, Russell just happened to be at the party. You know, word spreads and everyone says he's in town. Oh, we know it must be at, you know, Blobbity Blah's house because that's the, the party house. house. Yeah, exactly. The pool house is the party house. We we know Jerry doesn't clean his pool, but there's plenty of space out there to have a party. So, and his, apparently his parents are never home either. So, or maybe they're the cool parents. I don't I don't know. Were there were there cool parents in the seventies? <laughs> it seems like it'd be something that's more true of the eighties or nineties. That, that that was the next door neighbors to the Foremans. I can't remember what their names are. <laughs> <laughs> They they seem like a couple swinging, <laughs> swinging uh, husband and wife. At some point, I think they get divorced or something. Oh, um, but uh, but then we hear. I think we overhear just for a second uh, this uh, the song that then uh, keeps going on. I think all the way into part of the next minute. Um, yeah, um, uh, by Bloodwind Pig, <laughs> Dear Jill. It's, it's, it's a fairly low-key, acoustic, mostly kind of bluesy sound of a song. Had either of you heard of Bloodwind Pig, Bloodwind Pig before? It's a new one on me. Yeah, yeah same here. <laughs> it is It is a, a pleasant little song that we hear parts of. Yeah, never heard of it. It immediately conveys the vibe that, yes, things were really crazy at the party last night, but... Doris the bus is here and everything's cool. Everything's chill. Everything is going to work out. <laughs> um, for, uh, back to the band real quick. Um, it, the, the one, the one big thing I think to note is that the main guy behind it is uh, Mick Abra- Abra- Abrahams. Sometimes pronounced Abrahams, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, he, he was a, uh, a former uh, pr- uh, uh, member of Jethro Tull who we did have a, a previous uh, song by in the movie, Teacher. Mm. Okay. Some kind of falling out occurred between the... <laughs> not Jethro Tull himself, but Ian Anderson. <laughs> what? Musicians disagreeing with right. each other? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that seems so unlikely. How must have been a one-off. And I, the only I time it occurred in the history of pop music. Can't imagine that anyone would ever grow tired of being in a rock and roll band with a flute as their main... <laughs> instrument either <laughs> but yeah the the next morning there there still are a lot of kids at this house what time is it yeah because in order to get the band rousted and onto the bus i mean it can't be any earlier than 8 a.m just yeah, that, just that, get that the rest of stillwater up and going yeah. they, they couldn't have gotten them out of the hotel any sooner than that you know, a lot of these kids in in this that, that we see in the room. I mean, they could have been here, um, you know, sleeping prior. I mean, this could be like eleven a.m. It doesn't have to be right right away in the morning. Um, this could be a bit later in the morning. Um, I mean, that shot because, with Doris the bus. I mean, I'm, I'm the light is, yeah, suggesting early morning to me. Yeah, that's true. And if this yeah. is, you know, if, if this is late spring, because we're, we're close to graduation, you know, late spring, maybe very early summer, you know, maybe if with the sun like this, it could be around seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. 
when we're seeing Doris the Boss turn the corner, yeah. which is, oh boy, that is an early wake up for a rock musician. Oh boy. But, but, but then the other thing is we don't know exactly where the bus is in relation to the house at this That's point. That's true. I mean, you could assume it's turning onto the street, but mm-hmm. it could be <laughs> several miles away. But there are far too many people who are still awake, sober, and coherent at this hour of the morning, (laughs) given what went on at the party last night. Also dry. (laughs) I would expect more people to have towels draped over them like Russell does. Yeah, he's still pretty damp, and he's in swim trunks, right? But nobody else shows any signs of any pool activity. I mean, I would guess that jump into the pool could have been any time between midnight and five (laughs) you know yeah so no good indication of that so Mm. (laughs) he doesn't look terribly pruney so he probably wasn't in there for very long so yeah it probably was Mm -hmm. pretty late in the in the morning early in the morning late in the night you know what i'm talking about we got you yeah Um, now there is the voiceover then too. Um, when the when the bus is taking this corner, and with Dick, you know he's he's saying whimpering and the p word. <laughs> with with Father David here, I'm a little <laughs> uh, tempted to hold back on. Um, but but it, but it's crying become, like kitty cats. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, and that's <laughs> I, I think that's really what he you know as a as a maybe British maybe Australian what have you. A guy mm. in, there in the early seventies. I mean, he really, he really could be more in the frame of mind of, uh, yeah, cats. That 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 whimper. Cat <laughs> cats known for their copious tears. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also have uh, Russell saying, telling Dick the band's over. So that's, that's been his mindset this whole, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe it's, it's, I'm sure it's during the party, you know, and taking the acid and it was out of his mind. It was, it was gone from his mind, but, uh, seeing Dick again, uh, that, that's, that's his answer to Dick. Mm-hmm. Not only is the band over, but this is my family. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very 69 free love, let's all form a commune kind of spirit animating this early morning hour. And not only does Russell say that, everyone in the house agrees. Like, yeah, he is family. This is where he lives. I think there's so many great reactions to that, too, because Dick's like, you know, shaking his head and, and like, yes, I totally agree and empathizing. And he's got that sort of pursed lips like, yep, yeah. this is all very true and real and sincere. And I totally believe you. But I mean, clearly he doesn't like this is, you know, the portion of the road manager who pampers his talent sort of, uh, you know, that it's the skill that you have to be one of those skills that you have to be good at, I'm sure. And then um, William's little grin when he yeah. when he sees that is is pretty priceless as well i think there's a lot of just great reactions to that line yeah yeah the idea of going ahead and agreeing to what these others what russell and these others are saying you know definitely it's all over but then he continues on though with the idea of hey let's you know let's get on and let's go ahead and get back to the tour you know 
I think Dick would make an excellent hostage negotiator because he is aware that he is outnumbered. That if all the kids really insisted that no, Russell is staying, what, what could Dick, as even one adult man, do? <laughs> what are his options? So he has to he has to placate all sides here. He has to keep calm and has to get what he wants and speak in a very level tone and not get emotional. He knows how to handle Russell, but he also knows how to handle all these kids by nodding his head <laughs> yeah. around the room. Like, yes, he does live here. That's right. Okay, Russell, now let's get on the bus. And we're just going to step onto the bus here real quick and write out a check on the dashboard. Uh, you know, we both have to be there to sign it. Mm. <laughs> yep. I hate Illinois Nazis. Um, <laughs> Every, everyone does. <laughs> or should. Too true. Um, well, I think we're winding down a bit. Um, uh, any other notes that either of you? I, I do I, I do like the. there's a couple of chorus voices in the background that are like yeah he's with us now from from these teenagers and that i should like what what are they picturing is actually going to happen you know if you're invested enough in this idea to speak up about it like that i I just don't i'm having a hard time thinking about what i mean these are essentially adult people you know they're they're not 13 year old teenagers these are fairly advanced teenagers and they have to understand that you know there's no way this strange adult man that they've never met is going to move into this house with no adult supervision in it apparently dave Um, he is not a strange adult man he is russell and he is family he lives here now you're right i i I neglected all of that information so they bonded because he found something that was real there he was on drugs you know Yeah, so it's just a it's just perplexing to me, like, but what what they think is going on. But yeah, the, the question of parents is not one I had considered as I was watching this because I was just going along with the, the suspension of disbelief. Like, oh yeah, sure, it's a movie. Yep, there's a party at somebody's house. Yep, sure. Hey, wait a minute, it's morning. Where are the parents? <laughs> they surely by now they would have been back, unless they're on one of those all too frequent parents are going out of town for. Yeah. X number of days. Yeah, maybe this is Kevin McAllister's Topeka house, right? Hey, there we go. This is this is really the small portion of this that we're seeing is actually a small scene from a larger Home Alone six or seven or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, see that this is just something that uh kids of, of the current generation and and beyond won't be able to believe. Like, what, people went out of town to work? They didn't just get onto Zoom and the study? How could all, how, how is it, you know, they would just find it so unbelievable that all these kids would just have the free run of the house and mom and dad would just be gone in this post-pandemic world with the increased of uh, telecommuting. These kinds of opportunities are going to be farther and fewer between. I'm really worried about the keg industry, honestly. <laughs> And no one thinks enough about uh, the, the the beer and, and, and drug industry, really. I mean, and they're really suffering during yeah, this time. It's totally. really important for us to keep that in mind. Um, and Father David, are, are there any anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, uh, no, nothing yeah. about this minute. Yeah. So instead, let's hear about uh, your history with the movie. Uh, my history with Almost yeah. Famous. Uh, let's see. Well, this movie came out... Um, came out when I was pretty young, and this would 
have been this not have been something that my mother would have let me see uh-huh. when it first came out. So it wasn't until I got into high school that I saw Almost Famous for the first time. Um, it was really interesting uh, to me to to watch this. Like I said, having those um, those journalistic tendencies, those desires uh-huh. to be a writer. And to see the process and to see William depicted with all of his uh, notes spread around him, say, in the tub and like, oh, it's okay to be messy. You know, don't don't have to have a finished product right away. Oh, it's it's a process. Okay, interesting. So that that helped me be okay with rough drafts and notes. Um, It was. uh, It was it was a movie I enjoyed, but because I wasn't keyed into the music scene of uh the the late 60s and and early 70s as as much as this movie assumes that you are uh i didn't catch a lot of the references like (laughs) when i first saw this movie i had to ask someone i was watching this so who who is bowie they they're talking about this person like like he's important. I don't understand like ugh, mm-hmm. that they they put their head in the hands. Okay, so David <laughs> Bowie was no no no. It's kind of, oh, I understand. Now. Okay, so there was a lot that I just didn't get because I didn't understand that the context surrounding this movie. I appreciated it more as this kind of Rhodes Rome and this coming of age story yeah. for William. Yeah, and I've, I've I've been big on talking about uh, throughout uh, this process uh, that. The idea that, I mean, yeah, it's not just all about the rock and roll. It, there certainly is this other side of the movie of, of his family issues and mm-hmm. interactions and so forth, and uh, as well as his career. We're rewatching it now in preparation for coming on to the, the podcast. The thing yeah. that I that I saw in the movie that I didn't see when I, when I saw it the first time, it, it's a really – one of the themes of the movie is this idea of being cool. Uh-huh. It's set up early when um, William's sister leaves and says, someday you'll be cool, as if that is a goal that we ought to always strive for. But watching this movie now, I realize that nobody in this movie is cool. <laughs> uh, no, everyone is is lame or a dork in some way, shape, or form. You know, Either it's it's the members of Stillwater when they're uh, trying to wax eloquent about you know the music and the chicks and the vibe and and all the rest and in their spats with one another, in Russell in in these minutes we have here making a fool of himself in front of a bunch of teenagers and just being highly performative, uh, or it's in William trying to navigate his way through, uh, you know, pretending to be someone he's not to Rolling Stones and and trying to figure out how he can be a reporter with this rock band in the, and even, even Penny Lane isn't cool in the end. Yeah. She has to come to terms with that, that while famous people might be more interesting, there's not enough there, there for her. And in the end, that's, you know, that's one of the charms of this movie is that it it strips away some of that conceit. It strips away some of the, that, that, performance and aura we might give to celebrities and shows their humanity even while we engage in the the fun of the the cross-country tour with the rock band with you know the the parties and the fancy hotels and the 
blowing through the gates at the music venue and the drama of the the microphone electrocuting someone and you know the all the all the the <laughs> Well, the, you know, the, the morally questionable stuff that comes along with, with rock and roll bands, but the humanity, the, the lameness of all the characters is one of the things I appreciate most about the movie. Yeah, that's that's some great insight. Good thoughts there, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, Dave, uh, you're, you can uh, go uh, into more detail now with, and tell us about... Uh, some of your different projects or all, all of your different projects really <laughs> sure yeah um you know i'm still still working on getting some episodes of uh rock and roll high school minute out where we talk about the alan arkish uh epic where they <laughs> epic um, where they blow up a high school at the end uh, based on some influence by the ramones um so that that's that should be forthcoming you can come find us on the facebook um there's a no episodes out at this moment, this particular moment, but there's a uh, a group there that you can uh, join or just like the main page, and and they'll you'll 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 hear about it. Um, and then Edge of Tomorrow Minute, where we talk about the uh, the militaristic time looping movie with uh, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, um, where you know they save us from aliens with the help of dying hundreds of times i guess i don't know uh, but we're covering that movie minute by minute and there's also a, a nice group uh, and landing page where you can come find out more about that when we do eventually release episodes where we're we're big planners over here at <laughs> the headquarters of i don't know whatever you might call it this production company so um i, I was i'm curious have, have you read i haven't i have it myself but have you read like the, that that the the comic that inspired that yeah so the, the, the there's a, a japanese light novel um yeah. that then had a set of series of manga um that followed it and then a terrible american comic adaptation <laughs> as well um ah. but the uh the book is is very good uh it's it's significantly different from the film but we'll we will talk about mm. that as well yeah so. great oh yeah, we really look forward to both of those, and um, also look forward to uh, the next minute next week, um, where you, you both should be back with us. Um, uh, I think you. Think well, I've both... got a pool to clean. Uh, yeah, uh, hey. but if I if I've got a week to take care of that, that should be enough time to to make it back for uh, minute sixty. Yeah. Well, thank you guys both so much. Um, we'll be back uh, then. Um, quick little plug for. The show itself, like you're mentioning, Facebook is a place to go, and uh, uh, our, our page that you can like on Facebook is uh, at facebook.com/slash Almost Famous Minute, and our uh, group, our group that we can uh, really, really converse well in uh, with each other, with me and other listeners, and hosts and guests and so forth, too, um, is the Band Aids Listeners Society. So we'll, uh, I think we'll end it there um, and see you both next week, hopefully. And this was Minute 59. That'll be Minute 60. Until then, it's all happening. It's, it's all, all happening. happening. I am a golden god!
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 